Welcome, once again, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Unabashed Truth Podcast. That's right, the Unabashed Truth. It's not the 802 Podcast. As I said, my story that has been taken by someone else. You have your boys here from 802 Productions, your boy Chris Scalf and your boy GT. What's up, my man, Scalf? What up, big dog? Nothing much, nothing much, man. So we are here. We're here live. And I think this week on the pod, we're going to dive into something given that uh, the day this podcast will be released will be the one year anniversary of the death of one of the, the our favorite and one of the greatest wrestling players ever to play, Kobe Bryant. So we're going to touch on that topic. Uh, we want to do something last year, but it took a little while. But now we're going to do it this year and kind of touch on it. But before we get into that, I want to say, obviously, rest in peace to the great Hank Aaron, who passed away today. So, man, been a tough year, but, man, one of the greatest baseball players ever, most underrated least talked about everybody kind of skips over him in the home run discussion but man it was great 23 years 755 home runs great player man i heard instead of steroids he was taking beans <laughs> yeah. steroids says phil jackson <laughs> yeah man so yeah he's something special man it was it's something hard to hear but 86 years old lived a great life hall of famer anything else you can say about him is crazy but He'll slowly be missing this world, but we'll look at highlights of him and, and kind of look back on his career. And I know for me, growing up, uh, outside of Ken Griffey Jr., he was one of the – and Willie Mays, he was one of the back, black players I looked up to and said, man, if I can play baseball like them, Kenny Lofton. I'd be great. Kenny Lofton, like Barry Bonds was in there back before the alleged steroid use, alleged, alleged steroid use, as they say. Oh, uh, my so, <laughs> Yeah, man. So there's a lot of great players back then, but – Sorely miss. We'll miss you, Hank Aaron. Rest in peace. Rest in peace, brother. All right. So now we'll go a little deeper into um, one of the players that we both looked up, being both Lakers fans, Kobe Bryant. Um, I guess we'll start with um, uh, the beginning, man, kind of, or the end. Where were you, man, when um, the news came across that uh, Kobe had passed? I was at home. Uh, my cousin Cody called me actually, and his wife was just in Cali, and she was on her way home. Um, she just left LAX, and she had she had heard it on the airplane, and she texted my cousin. Well, it didn't get to him until a while after she texted him, and when he finally got the news, man, he couldn't believe it. So he turned the news on. There was only like one news source that was confirming it at the time. So when he told me about it, I obviously didn't believe it. Oh man, you know what I mean, but. I mean, yeah, man, it's, it's one of those things. It don't really matter where you're at, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, it's like 9-11, you know, the tragedy's just as impactful. Yeah. You know, especially everything from the daughter and everybody else that lost their life. Yeah, man. You yeah. know, where were you at, GT? At uh, actually, I was in California, man. I was, uh, right, you were in Cali. I was in Cali and uh, at my dad's house, and I kind of just woke up. He's like, yo, you know, Kobe just died. I'm like, what? <laughs> it didn't it didn't register. Like, what are you talking about? Like Kobe died. What are you talking about? And it took a while. Then you kind of turn on news and you look through everything. ESPN said it. I was like, it can't be true. The ESPN on the bottom, Kobe Bryant has died from a helicopter crash. I was like, what? That's just the craziest news ever. Because you don't think about somebody you look up to in the sports world and being so young. I mean, he's what? I'm 34, 35 then. It's, so he was less than 10 years older than me. So looking at it like, man, one of the guys I looked up to and wanted to be similar to, obviously, I never really got to that basketball level, but wanted to be similar to in how I chased things in the world, like passing away. It was like, man, 
how do you deal with it? And in LA, you see at that time, it was just crazy stuff going on. People were at Staples Center crying. Yeah. It was a lot, man. It was a lot. When you realize how much he meant to that community, it was one of the hardest things to see just being there and also to feel because we grew up with him. We grew up, <laughs> yeah. everything about our lives with Kobe Bryant. We grew up from what? Elementary school, middle school on to, <laughs> he was all we knew was basketball. So. Well, I think, you know, like you said too, man, like, you know, with Kobe, like, like a lot of people say, you know, Kobe was our Jordan. I mean, we lived through the Jordan era too. For the, for the majority of it, yeah, you know, yeah. all the all the championship era in the '90s, but you know, we got to what was our different about our generation? We got to choose our Jordan. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. I mean, there was a lot of up and coming players, but something about Kobe, you knew it, and like even like Jerry West, he knew it. You know, Shaq knew it. Shaq wouldn't have been as resistant towards a player like that unless he knew it. Yeah. You know, we all knew how great Kobe was going to be, and Shaq was actually my favorite player. And nobody knows oh, that. True, man. <laughs> I was Orlando Magic. Fan That's crazy. I was a kid. Like you can look at all the stuff my parents say from my, you know, first, second, third grade era of paperwork, man, artwork. It was all Shaquille O'Neal, Orlando Magic stuff. And then he went to the Lakers, so obviously I followed suit. There you go. <laughs> and then, you know, there there was Kobe Bryant. This young you know, brash, seventeen year old coming into the league, like ah. <laughs> and we and we lived. In, I mean, I lived in Ohio the whole time. Oh yeah, that is true, man. <laughs> so you know that comes with a, a certain uh, a wall you have to put up because Ohio. You know, it's all it's all about LeBron James out here. So I mean, well now, yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, man. I'm trying to think, man. I was kind of like you. I knew there was something special about him, even when I remember I got some of his rookie cards, and I actually traded yeah. for his rookie cards for somebody else. So I remember when he first came in, it was like. I don't know. I think I saw a few games of him as his rookie year. He came off the bench in the summer league and he dunked on a few people. I was like, I don't know, man. He's something different. And then I yeah. went to my friends and they had Kobe Bryant rookie cards. I was like, hey, I'll trade you XYZ for mm -hmm. that Kobe Bryant rookie. And they're like, yeah. I traded a Shaq card. I probably th traded a few other ones. So I still have maybe 10 Kobe rookie cards down in my mom's basement, just there in mint condition. I never touched them, put them in a little sleeve and said, here you go. So, man, it was, uh, I knew then and I, they're probably worth a lot of money now, but I'll probably keep them forever and probably pass them down to somebody in my life eventually. But yeah. I mean, there's always Christmas next year. I'll send you my address. <laughs> yeah, man. So since we're back on the beginning, um, you know what you thought about him. I would say in the first six years of his career, what do you remember about those years? Because those were kind of the pre coming up and getting to be that guy that we all knew. But at the time, he, he didn't start off that way. He started off kind of hard as you can. What do you think about those? I mean, the first couple of years, the only name that comes to mind is Del Harris. And how Dar Del Harris wasn't really fair with Kobe, I don't think. But then again, you know, we had Nick Vanessa, Eddie Jones, you know, guys like that. You know, Kobe, you know, coming out of high school, you know, which he wasn't the first of his kind, but I think he was the one. Because KG really didn't get a hold because of his size. Yeah, he was skinny, but he had the height, yeah. length. You know, Kobe Bryant was a skinny little twig, like I still am to this day. So I can say that. <laughs> but, you know, Kobe was a twig, man. You know, but he had that talent and he had that relentless, that mamba that we've grown to know, the mamba mentality was brewing, that we could finally see it brew at that point. Yeah. You know, and then him having Del Harris, not playing him and, 
watching him, you know, go after these all-star caliber Lakers in practice every game and still not play him. Yeah. I think that's what drove, you know, not necessarily the first six years, the first couple of years. I think that's yeah. what drove Kobe. Well, I say pre-Phil Jackson, I should say. Yeah, let's talk about that. Pre-Phil Jackson years. Well, yeah. and I, I just watched something the other day, and it was uh, it was Robert Ory, man. He was talking about how, like, back then, because him and uh, I think it was Matt Barnes, they were talking about Kobe. It's right after he passed. I just watched the rerun on YouTube. Mm-hmm. But he was talking about, Robert Ory was saying about how, like, that's when you could bring beer in the locker room back then. Yeah. And nobody was saying that to you. So Kobe couldn't drink. <laughs> and But he didn't even want to. Right. So that even added fuel to the fire. That added to that camaraderie and that team that Kobe always felt like he wasn't a part of. Yeah, I think all that shit, man, that he went through and all the hate and the blame, you know, for missing those shots and everything just added up to him completely killing everybody that came against him. Yeah, I got you. That first one, two, three championship run, that that three-peat, I think yeah. all of that was, you know, that bubbled up and that's what you got. That was an, that was an end product. It was those rings. Yeah, man. I mean, those first two years, I remember, I think everybody remembers the um, the All-Star game. They talk about that, that match with Jordan. It wasn't that one that got me. It was, uh, I don't know if it was rookie year or beginning of his second year, he went against Jordan in Chicago. Yeah. And he came off the bench and gave gave Jordan 30-something. It was like, what? He, did, he wasn't afraid. He came off the bench and said, yo, we lose this game. We're not going to lose because of me. And yeah. he came in, he gave it to him. I remember the All-Star game everybody talked about, but it was that matchup that I think – let everybody know that this kid has no fear. He's going to come at it. He doesn't care if it's Jordan or if it's somebody who's 10 levels below Jordan. He's going to come at you. Or if it's Shaq in practice. Yeah, he come at Shaq. Shaq told the story, I guess, about Kobe not being ready to, ready to fight him. That's crazy. Like, somebody, <laughs> like, I wouldn't even think about that. If somebody comes to you, like, let alone seven foot one, somebody six five, 300, you're like. I mean, that's what oh, they always man. say. They always talk about Jordan, that Steve Kerr fight. Yeah. I talk about the Shaq and the Kobe fight. Yeah, no. Because I'd hate to get swung at by Shaq. <laughs> I'd, rather, I'd rather get swung by Jordan all day than Shaq. Yeah, of course. I mean, look at look what happened to Chuck. <laughs> he was scared to get rings after that one. You know Charles what I mean? Barkley, man. The great one, man. I love Charles. Yeah. Greatest TNT person ever, man. Great guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. So, yeah, like, like I said, like that affinity for Kobe started then, and it kind of grew. And as sports figures, as we've been saying in the kind of start of this, he was, we got to choose our next big thing in basketball. And then you have after those early years of struggles and missing missing three-point shots against the Jazz and all those things that kind of come and be on a bench behind great players like Eddie Jones and Nick Van Exel and all these guys who were all-stars. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, Phil Jackson comes in and is like, we get rid of everybody, just Keep Kobe and Shaq. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Like, and all of a sudden, Phil Jackson comes in, and that's when it started changing. And I think people saw something different. And those championship years, for me, those first three, man, those were something special. As and a it was something kid, weird. it was magic. Yeah, something special, man. Like, that first one, I guess, um, they played uh, Indiana. Yeah. First one, man, just Sweet. took it over. Like I think, I think yeah. people – I think anybody wants to know Kobe, if you're a LeBron fan or anybody else or D Wade fan, go back and watch that Indiana series and watch how Kobe just said, Oh, Shaq fouled out. I got it. (laughs) I got it. And it was that series where everybody's like, Oh, he's a star. Like star is born. We don't need no one else. He's the guy. And yeah, man, those years. And I guess um, 
what I remember is there, they show a video on YouTube. We watched it. I don't know if I watched it with you, but when LeBron and Carmelo and all those guys went to ABC camp and Kobe was there and they all asked him, like, tell us about the NBA. Tell us what this is. She's like, don't worry about that. I'll bust all your asses. Yeah. And it was like just then, like, I don't care who you are. You guys are next big thing, but don't worry. Yeah. It's still my league. Oh, yeah, bust all your asses. yeah. And it was like then I think it showed. I think that kind of made LeBron who he was seeing like what? This guy. He set the bar. Yeah, set the bar. He came at me when I was 15, 16, saying, I don't care how great you may be. Yeah. You're never going to be me yet. I'm going to still bust your ass. Yeah. Like So I think all those come with those three championships and that. And so yeah. I don't know. What's your opinion about those as well? Those three championships, how they kind of changed the game for him? I mean, I think it gave him all uh, that first championship, I think, against the Pacers. You know, Kobe, his matchup with Reggie Miller. I mean, yeah, Reggie was – he was aging. Yeah. But people forget about that Indiana team. That Indiana oh, team was a Defense. physical team. Yeah. They had, Ed, they had uh, I'm sorry, uh, Antonio Davis. They had – I mean, he was a group. And, and they both had, the Davises. Uh, Dale Davis. Both Davis is yeah. right. I can't think of that. <laughs> yeah, man. Antonio Davis. Dale Davis. Um, I mean, they had Rick Smiths. Rick Smiths wouldn't know. People laugh at him, but, I mean, he was a – He'd be a starting center in today's league, too, still. He was that skilled. You know, like, that Pacers team was a real team. Yeah, and then they had Mark so, Jackson at the point. Yeah, man. Yeah. Was... Then you have New Jersey. Oh. <laughs> but that Jason Kidd. I mean, they took down Hall of Famers even before Kobe was considered. Yeah, he was an all-star. But to be honest, Kobe wasn't considered among the best. Yeah. Even he the wasn't Western a superstar yet. Yeah, he wasn't a superstar yet no. in his eyes. Yeah. And the, because people thought he was too cocky, you know, but he hadn't give, he hadn't been given time to show that he could walk the wall. Yeah, I mean. but with those championships, he did. And like I, I watched this. Uh, my cousin actually bought me something for Christmas a long time ago. It was this little mixtape. It had like G Unit on it and shit. Like Paul Pierce was like the host of it. But it was called Born to Ball. It was about like all these high school players that went pro. But it was like like the high school highlights and stuff yeah. before like YouTube and. You know, all this. Yeah I, about, yeah, I remember those. Yeah. And they asked Paul Pierce and they said, he said, what do you think is the difference between, between you and a guy like Kobe Bryant? He said, just the rings. It's just the rings. And I remember that all from all those years ago, because I remember I could just see Kobe's face in a gym somewhere while Paul Pierce is saying that on camera. Kobe was in the gym somewhere busting his fucking ass. Yeah, man. <laughs> and that's why he was what he was. I mean, just the rings, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and you can't you can't just judge a player by rings. We know that now, I think. Yeah. You know, but at the same time, you know, just seeing how even after those three championships, like when you seen Kobe at that point celebrate right after the you know, the buzzer sounded, Kobe was like a kid. Yeah, he was still young, man. He was old. Yeah. He was a kid, bro. Early twenty four, if that, maybe younger than that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean I mean, it was amazing, dude. And, like, you know, the whole thing happened with Shaq in 04. They, you got beat by the Pistons, Carl and Gary. Oh, you know, yeah. then after that, man, I remember, you know, it ended up being – I heard a bunch of people saying that was the biggest upset in NBA history. And I said – or the biggest letdown. It's the yeah. most overrated team in NBA history. I said, oh, we just won three championships, and we made it to the finals. Yeah, pretty much. So, no, we're not the most overrated team in history. But at the same time, we should have won that championship. Yeah, things had happen. all the intangibles to do it. 
And I think a lot of the Kobe was so ready to do everything on his own. And yeah, he won us that one game because it was four one. If you remember right, he hit that game winner. Yeah, game. man. Yeah, I remember that. And you know, I remember all that happening, man. And you know, it being the Pistons too. <sighs> you know, with that mentality, that bad boy mentality. And the Lakers always had that reputation of sometimes being soft and taking t- taking games off. Remember that? Yeah, man. Like they always that like, year was that year where everybody just kind of. They were in and out. They would have like 10 yeah. games, they'll kill it. And like yeah. three games, you're like, who's this team? Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, nobody wanted to, they had all those public spats. I mean, Phil Jackson was calling them out, at, you know, in the interviews and stuff after the games, post game stuff. You know, it, was, it got to be the points where you knew something was going to explode. Yeah. You know, but I, I knew if Kobe Bryant would have stayed in LA, he would have got more rings. Oh, you know yeah. what I'm saying? It's yeah. inevitable. That was the key. He had to stay. And once and, he, he came out and said, I want to leave, it was like, I think. There was no other city made for him. I think no. Chicago would have been like, yeah, we would have embraced him in Chicago. New York would have been like, yeah, but. It was exactly L- like Magic. LA, LA was made for Kobe because they had Magic who yeah. came up in the 80s where a Magic style fit the 80s LA where Showtime, everything's flashy, this, this. Kobe style fit LA 90s on. That was that gritty, like, we got to get it, man. Everything you come, you got to come forward every day in LA. And that's, yeah. we both lived in LA for a while. And you saw like, it, it really was that. It really was a lot of people. Hustling to make it and hustling to get something in life. And Kobe had that mentality that got into him. Even Kendrick Lamar, when he sat down and made the song about Kobe, it was like he was the spirit of L.A. for basketball. It was like he was us on the court. So, man, that was – you could see it through growing up. I didn't realize it when I was younger, but as I got older, I'm like, man, he really was – he couldn't leave L.A. As much as he may have been upset or anything, him leaving L.A. would have destroyed that city because it was – you needed that guy. Yeah. Yeah. But I think um, one of the things I'm going to touch on is in that run of the – was it a three-peat run or right after that? Um, when Kobe had the seven straight games of 50 points or something like that? Was that Shaq was, yeah. Was that – was it – no, it was one of those years Shaq was there. Shaq was not in shape, I think, was it? One of those years. It was before – it was Shaq was on the team. I don't know if it was the third championship year or the fourth year when they had Carl Malone, those guys. Kobe's like, I got this. I'm going to score. I'm going to show you I can do this by myself. And he, he went off and scored seven straight game of 50 points in a row, which outside of Wilt Chamberlain is ridiculous. <laughs> like, and outside Jordan. of no one else has ever, Jordan's done it, yeah. Kobe's done it, and like Wilt Chamberlain. No one else yeah. has put that much in a row of just 50 yeah. point games, man. And that's when you saw like it was something coming. Then Shaq leaves, um, gets traded, and then it's Kobe's team. And then obviously, today's the anniversary of one of the the greatest scoring nights ever. <laughs> so we could touch on that in those yeah. lean years of the Lakers when Kobe was there, 81-point night. Um, I think we were watching together <laughs> in 802 or yeah. stuff like that. So, man, it was – I didn't know how to explain it, I guess, <laughs> in words what we saw, and it was just something special. I remember we were at the bar. Yeah. I remember it, GT. <laughs> we were at the bar. Your Bronco got us there. Well, no, no, no. We were at the bar, and I was studying first. I get my studies done first. Well, and you then, were studying. Yeah. Headphones on. Buying us drinks. Hey, 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 hey. Allegedly, <laughs> allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Mom, you heard that? No one was buying anybody <laughs> any, any drinks at the bar. We bought, we bought them some back. <laughs> but I remember, man, like we weren't watching the game. I think we were watching. They had something else on at the bar. And we seen down low, it said Kobe, it was like the second quarter. 
Yeah. Kobe only had like 35 points or something like that in the second quarter. And then the third quarter came. And I remember like, you know, you don't have your, you didn't have the smartphones and shit back in the day. No. You were checking up on stuff and the alerts and stuff. So you had a, the bottom little bar at Sports Center was with a hot action. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's where all the booty was. So pretty much. We're looking down there and I see Kobe has like 56 points, dog. And there's like four minutes left in the third. And I'm like, yeah. what? Yeah, it's getting I think crazy. We ended up going home and we finished watching it. And I think we were all like, except for Joe, because he couldn't stand Kobe. Yeah. Punk. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, I think we all, me and you were like on the edge of our seats, man. I've never seen anything like that, you know. And I remember right after the game, the initial reaction was he didn't pass the ball. And I remember. Oh, everybody Jordan says that next, right away. That same dark cloud being over Jordan for so long. You know what I'm saying? And I yeah. remember when they said that, it just clicked to me. I was like, he's there. Yeah. That mentality of he didn't pass the ball and it's like no one actually watches basketball. And people that say they watch basketball didn't watch it enough to see that a lot of those shots he took ever in his career were in the final five seconds of the shot clock. I mean, we're so down by like 23 points yeah. in the third quarter. Had no choice. What do you want him to do? He brought him back. <laughs> and they won. Like, I mean, you, gonna, uh, you think Luke Walton's going to be out here just splashing it? There you go, man. You know what I mean? I don't Sometimes. think Luke Walton's got it in him. No. <laughs> not, not. Or does Travis Knight. Maybe in high school they could have done that. Maybe in high school. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> but, yeah, man, that night was – and you hear he's a ball hawk. He didn't pass. And it's like, yeah. do you guys not watch basketball? Like, it's not – I think everybody equates passing to the number of assists you have on the scorecard. And yeah. it's like, well, no. This guy gives the ball. If he doesn't initiate the offense, he runs triangle offense. He lets it go through all the system. And he gets the ball with eight seconds left on the shot clock. Mm-hmm. What do you want him to do? <laughs> yeah. Too late now to try to do anything else. Like go, go score, go do what yeah. you have to do. And that wasn't so much of like, oh, my teammates can do it. It's like, well, we had chances. No one else could get it done. Well, I'm gonna step up and finish it. And that, See, that's one thing, GT man. Like everybody talks about the 81 point game, but when you had oh. that game against the Mavericks, oh, that was even more impressive. <laughs> I mean, only him and. Clay has something like that where <laughs> he had more points than them at the end of the, the whole team. Just, amazing. I mean, that's that's like that's literally two K. Yeah, that's like a video game, and he made it look like it. That's the thing; he wasn't just out there just hitting threes. Yeah, man, it was he doing everything special. Special, that's yeah. There's some people who just have that gift, and like Lamar Odom said, like. God made this guy in a lab. Like he was, if you pick somebody who's made just to play basketball, he's probably one of the few that were actually, I don't think could have did too much other things in sports. He probably right. couldn't have played basketball, baseball or football. Like LeBron could have played football. Michael Jordan could have went and played baseball. He did it his whole life. Yeah. I don't think Kobe could have done anything else. He may have been able to play soccer, maybe. <laughs> but in the end, I think basketball was what he was made to do. Determined to do that. Yeah. He was determined to do it. And like he had no plan B. He said, if you have a plan B, then you don't have a plan A. You have nothing. So yeah. I think I think that is one of those things that will take to me forever. He always said it, and it was like, yeah, why don't you need a plan B and C? Obviously, we have those backups, but they shouldn't be something we focus on. They should exactly. always just be there and be like, mm-hmm. you yeah, have these other plans, but yeah. plan A is what I'm going for. Everything in my life is going to be geared towards making this happen and making this go. And 
when I saw like this, that game against the Magic, the game against the Raptors in those lean years when it was just Kobe, Lamar, uh, Karan Butler, uh, Smush Parker, all those guys who, all those guys who were there, Chris Mims, whoever else, all those guys who, all those guys who were there, and you see, you see what he did. Like he he did his best what he had, right? And it was such a interesting time because at the time three pointers were not the thing. So you didn't build a team to shoot threes. You didn't build a team around a superstar who could make things happen, who could do something else. You basically built teams that could cut away from a superstar, could do different things, get layups, get mid-range shots. But if think about if the teams then were built like today's teams, where teams were built how LeBron has it, where it's like, oh, you got a bunch of shooters around you. Go do your thing, Kobe. Yeah. That changes the way people may see him now. It may not be he's a ball hog. Maybe like, oh, he had a bunch of shooters. He let them shoot. Easy. When I'm getting double, triple team, make that three. <laughs> so I think, man, just looking at how basketball's evolved, like he was the last of that that generation of basketball players who, yeah, it was iso ball and it was the two guard was the main. Everybody had their position. Point guards, point guard, two guards, two guard. And it was kind of that way. He was at that last little niche of those guys. And I think, um, what, 06, 07, then you have the return of Phil. And that's when things kind of changed and Phil kind of did the same thing. Phil and Jerry West did the same thing they always do, say, give me Kobe, give me Lamar, and maybe Derek Fisher, get rid of everybody else. <laughs> and there you go. And everybody's gone. And so then you had Kobe, Lamar, and then they went and got Powell. Um, and it was like, there you go. You had the team again. And then they it got – you went Powell, and then we got big Andrew Bynum. Came Kwame Brown. <laughs> they got rid of Kwame for for. Powell for, Gasol. <laughs> Jerry West is yeah. the greatest ever at manipulating people into thinking they're getting something. Actually, no, they got Mark out of that trade. Yep. So he said, "We'll give the youngest." Pre-proven Mark Gasol. Yeah, pre-proven Mark. But Mark was from Memphis. Yeah. He basically went to high school, so it made sense. But yeah, man, he Jerry West, you're the greatest. Um, the logo. The Lakers, man, the logo. You're the guy who figured it all out. And then you brought the Lakers to three more NBA finals, two more rings. Um, let's get into those years, man. The the older Kobe, the more mature, the 24 Kobe now. No more eight. He switched that number from eight to 24. Um, how, how do you feel about that? That little switch? I think it was like 07 when he switched over. It was the resurrection of his career. He didn't want to be known anymore. He didn't want to have that stigma around him that you need Shaq to win. And he said, I don't care what anybody thinks about me. I know I can win without him. It might not happen right away. But yeah, I think he changed his number because of that. And I think everybody knew that. Kobe didn't come out and say that. But Kobe wanted to change the course of his career and get some of the pre, you know, like they say, man, first impressions are everything. So when you have a 17-year-old kid, choosing to go pro, kind of like the Browns' decision. You know, it was that publicized because yeah. he was a big deal and he had sunglasses on his head and it came off cocky. You know, that it was is a what it is. <laughs> yeah. Like, going pro. And, and Kobe <laughs> didn't want that stigma anymore because he had worked for, two, for more than that. Yeah. You know, he had the hardware to show it. I mean, he was tired of, you know, being a lot of times the MVP on that team. You know, we're not saying Shaq was the most dominant player on that team because he was. Yeah. But a lot of times Kobe was the MVP on that team. 
and Kobe was mad at the of how everybody was treating him because of it. And I think he made that switch because of it. And I think that whether or not he made that switch, I think his career would have went in the same direction. Oh, I'm yeah. just glad he made the switch in 24 was stitched on that purple and gold rather than the Chicago Bulls uniform like he wanted to go to after that. Yeah, yeah, that was you know what I mean. Those Rudy Tom Jonovich years, he's like Rudy get, Tom John, get baby. me out of here or bring yeah. back. And even after Phil wrote a book, Kobe's like, it ain't about that. It's about no. you know, he can get me championships. So I want. I don't care yeah. about him saying I was selfish and everything else. All it is about winning basketball. Mm-hmm. And and then yeah, man, twenty four became. It was just a number. It was a number that obviously signified for him. It was like, the, I remember the commercial. He said it's 24 seconds of shot clock, 24 hours in a day. And everything he went through, the, the analogy why he picked 24, obviously, for Nike to sell and be like, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> but it became one of those things where, man, 24 meant something. Like, wow, yeah. 24 hours in a day. And now when I look at my my life today and the businesses I'm trying to run and trying to work on the podcast with you and things I'm trying to do outside of just working a nine to five, man, it is you have to work 24 hours like, even yeah. when you're sleeping you're you're waking up thinking about okay i gotta get to work there's no time to be like resting and i see why those analogies worked obviously he switched because the first impression but i also think it was time to be like no more rest i'm not resting till i be get back on top get back what's mine yeah. and obviously that's the time when um what the spurs won at that time uh who else won at that time the Miami Heat won a championship during that run. So there's a lot of teams that won and Miami Heat and everybody's talking about, whoa, and is D-Wade the next, the new guy and then LeBron's coming up and you have all these new young guys who are gunning and Kobe's now the 28-year-old old man <laughs> in the group and all these other guys are 20, 21 yeah. and they're coming for you. And I could see him saying, you know, no, they're not, they don't, they're not here yet. They're still yeah. mine. And yeah. I'm going to go to 24. I'm going to show them, I'm not going to rest till you recognize this is my league. I run this. And even you go through that those years, man. Those championship years were the most confusing out of out of the out of the time because you had players like Andrew Bynum who who had all the ability, but it was a weird draft. I remember the night when they yeah. drafted him, it was like they drafted the guy I wasn't even invited to the draft. No one actually knew him who he was. <laughs> and I don't know if that was Mitch or Jerry West, but Man, they. I mean, looking they back on for it, the now, it reminds me a lot of on that subject. I don't know, if, like I, like you said, I don't know who it was, but it reminds me of that pick with Kristaps. Oh yeah, with Phil. Yeah, it's like nobody liked it. Nobody understood it. Yeah, like why you would you take mean? this guy? There's so many players. Yeah. You know. And now Kristoff, if he could stay healthy, easily, he could be a top 15 player, if not higher. Definitely. If he stays healthy, like yeah. and so. Maybe they saw something in Bynum if he could have stayed healthy also and actually listened to injuries, what was teaching him and what the Lakers – basically, I remember Kobe, him coming to Kobe and Kobe saying, oh, you're playing Shaq, you're a rookie. He said, what do you think I did when I was a rookie? I went against Jordan. Go at him. Like, Shaq will respect you more. Yeah. He, he may get you, but don't let him dunk on you. You dunk back on him. And yeah. they saw that when Shaq was in Phoenix. He's like, what do I do? He said, yep. go dunk on him. Don't be afraid. Mm-hmm. And it, it showed that. Shaq got mad when he got back at Yeah, him. Shaq got mad, and that showed, like, okay, now you got his respect. You went, if he didn't get mad at you, he didn't respect you. You got right? under his skin. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So I think that made Bynum better. And yeah. 
the what was that 07 finals or 08 finals when they played the Pistons not Pistons the Celtics the first time and Bynum wasn't there yeah, and, it was no way. man <laughs> that was hard man went to game yeah. six and I thought man Lakers got this they go get this yeah and it just didn't go their way man Ray Allen those guys were built differently Ray Allen shout out to the boy from Denzel South Carolina something South Carolina Denzel South Carolina stand up my hometown yeah but yeah Ray Allen man is um was Jesus a beast dude. yeah Jesus Shuttlesworth obviously could have been Kobe doing that role but he didn't want nothing to do with that yeah, yeah, yeah. Grant Hill got offered that role. Grant Hill got offered it, but I think yeah. the first person was Ray he Allen. Could, for he couldn't be in it because he had a cast on because he was always a knee, knee cast. I think Ray Allen was perfect for it because he had the personality for it. Yeah, he was young enough, too. Yeah. But yeah, man, I that 08 team, man, was was great. But I think, like like you saw, they were still kind of gelling. They were still trying to figure each other out. And even though they made it to the finals, it was like, ah, we weren't ready. You, like yeah. before, man, you knew there was something bubbling with that yeah. team. It just wasn't their turn yet. Yeah, they were they weren't ready, and that year was for the yeah. Celtics. And then the next year comes around, and Dwight Howard dominates the league. I mean, gets through LeBron, gets through, gets through the Celtics, gets through everybody. And I thought that final series was gonna be better. I I really think like man, like we that all was, that was gonna be a better series because like this guy just dominated everybody in the East, and then yeah, ran to Kobe. But uh, right, this that was I mean. Those championship, that first championship back was, to me as a Lakers fan, was great. How do you feel about that first one? I guess we won't go into second, but the first one. Oh, against Orlando. Yeah, against Orlando. I mean, the craziest thing was that Orlando team. They had so many great, not great wing players. But they had so many versatile wing players. They had Michael Peters that could guard Kobe. Oh yeah. Body wise, yeah. He had the nice, the, the prototypical body, a Richard Jefferson type body. Yeah. Where you can you can stay with him, a guy Kobe's with Kobe's athleticism, but he yeah. just couldn't match him mentally. No, there was no. I realized that about that series, <laughs> and it reminded me a lot of that Lakers or Rockets playoffs for a long time with Batty and Kobe. Oh yeah, that's true. He had everything to bother Kobe, but Kobe just wouldn't let it fucking happen. Yeah, it wouldn't. You happen. know what I mean? You can try everything you want, but it's not. Yeah, there. like same thing. Ron Artest had all everything in the body him, but. You can put your fingers up his nose, bad. Yeah. He's still gonna taste it. So <laughs> yeah, he's not worried. You know what I mean? It wasn't yeah. gonna fucking taste it. <laughs> Pretty much. He just yeah. tried. Then they had Matt fucking Barnes. Yeah, they had a team. Yeah. They had a squad. They had fucking uh, Nelson. They had Lewis. They had Reddick. Yeah, 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 man. They had, they, had, they, had, they fucking had a bench. They had Turkaloo. Yeah, Charles Actually, Lewis. Yeah, they were like the the modern teams. Like if they were that team was built to make threes. They were built around one one yeah. big man. Which yep. if you switch it around, it's basically what LeBron's always had in his career is one, one guy who can dominate and then everybody else just has to do their job. And but obviously I think, you know, it's, without it's Kobe tougher. On the young Shaq teams, those oh, championship teams without Kobe, I think that's what a lot of that team would look like. Yeah, pretty I much. Had a lot of dumping the ball down to Shaq and getting triple team and whatever up to Rick Fox and Robert Lurie. Yeah. There would have been a lot more of that. Yeah, more you know? three-point shooting. It may have been a different game then. It probably would have started that three-point, like, just spot up, I got you. Yeah. Make your, make your open shot. And I think... There was, you can always see it, I think, bubbling to be a three-point lead. And I think that year, that first championship, the fourth championship, was the year you start seeing, like, the three-point shot matters. <laughs> and I think even LeBron saw that same thing. Like, wow, this three-point shot, they they ate us alive because they had one man that couldn't shoot threes and everybody else could shoot threes yeah. around them. And it, it bothered them, man. Rashard Lewis, those guys were 
they just ran to the wrong team. <laughs> they just ran to a team that had Kobe and and Powell, and they could throw bodies at Dwight. They Lamar Odom was smooth, and he can get Rashard Lewis off his spot. And it was yeah. it was a lot of teams. They matched each other well. The difference was having number twenty four say, "No one's as good as me out here." Well, and I think a lot of that too is because you know the stigma around the Lakers after that 08 finals against the Celtics was we weren't tough enough, physically tough enough for the Celtics team. Yeah, yeah, that's and true. all got the brunt of that shit, if you remember right. Yeah, Kobe got into it too. Man, yeah, that Powell, was the thing. Kobe, fucking Powell can't handle even KG. I mean, they had Kendrick Perkins too. Big Baby. I mean, they had some bodies down there that Paul Gasol just could not fucking handle. Andrew Bynum did not stay healthy long enough. Yeah, that's true. You no, know? and I think during that Magic series, man, I think Andrew Bynum played the best basketball that he's played during that series. Oh, yeah, ever. In his and life. I think <laughs> that was his series that made him legit contender against a guy like Dwight Howard for, you know, maybe top five centers in the league, maybe top three. Yeah, he was an all-star was next year, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah he did. Yeah. So, yeah, he was coming up, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he was he was healthy for the longest price stretch that he had been for, you know, quite some time. I think that obviously played a factor into it. But I think the biggest thing was with the Lakers team that year, with Lamar, I think Lamar Odom didn't get a lot of enough respect for that series because Lamar Odom in that Magic series, he showed that he could be that Carmelo Anthony on the Olympic team. He could be that all-purpose guy that could do everything for you. You know, he, he actually maximized his potential. I think Lamar Odom never really got a whole lot of credit for that, but Kobe dominated that whole fucking series. Oh, yeah. He, he was like, yeah, we're even, but not when I'm around. Right. <laughs> it's almost like everybody's here. You guys are all great players. I like you. Yeah. yeah. But there ain't no Hall of Famers out here. Yeah, I'm the best. Right. <laughs> and this is mine. I'm taking this chat title back where it belongs, Tinseltown, L.A. Let's yeah. get another banner. And that's kind of yeah. – what LA meant, and he got that fourth. And then the next year, the re- redemption, oh. the redemption year of that's the best year of my life. Yeah, the redemption. Okay, you got us, Celtics. You got us. Ah, uh, but this year, also, this is the year, the Sorry, first honey. year, second best year of my life. <laughs> yeah, you should say that. But this is the first year of the infamous commercial, man, the LeBron Kobe commercial, where yeah, they, yeah. they had little dolls. LeBron, have you seen my three championship rings? Because I seem to have misplaced my three championship rings. Kobe, I'm busy. And they represent the three championships that I myself have won. This this is my problem? Now, somewhere in this area, I seem to have misplaced my three championship rings. Have you seen them? I did say there were three of them, didn't I? I don't have time for this. You probably don't even know what they look like. See, for each one of these delicious chocolate chip cookies, there is an equally delicious NBA championship ring that you don't have. Kobe, I'm trying to... One for each chocolatey cookie. Move, move the cookies up. You gotta be hungry, LeBron. I'm talking about stomach growling. Well, maybe you should check your championship ring display case. Oh, snap. Will you look at that? They're my three championship rings. Hello, gorgeous. Oh, you hey, got names for them all? What's up, you got Sam? names? That's You're cute. playing hide and seek with me. Why do we live together? This is the year of the commercial when um, everything came out. The commercial everybody knows. Kobe, 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 Kobe. And LeBron's following Kobe around like, Kobe, what about this? Kobe, what about that? And Kobe's like, all right, man. Uh, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> it was one of those things where you, it was the year we thought it was going to happen. But there was one hurdle. There was still them big three Celtics that they, they weren't ready to go away. And so that year was, to me, 
outside of Kobe's first, probably the most satisfying of all his championships, just because you saw the wear and tear. You saw the tire, how tired he was, how much he gave to get it, how hurt he was. I mean, the injuries mounted up that year where I think broke a finger, had shoulder problems. He, you start seeing the body start to age randomly. And you start seeing like, man, I don't know how much longer he has of this because the body's starting to hurt. Yeah. So yeah, you said it was your greatest year or second greatest year, just for just in case Christie's listening, second greatest year of his life. Yep. <laughs> no, I think uh, I think if you ask Kobe, he might have said this before. I mean, it was probably his most satisfying championship. Right? You beat the Celtics in seven games, two years after you get fucking slaughtered by him. You know, and on top of that, one thing that's overlooked though is you can tell you learned it so bad after that 08 loss because 08 was the first year of Kobe and the only year Kobe played in the Olympics. Remember that? Oh, yeah, we skipped over the Olympic years. I forgot do about you, that. Do you remember? I forgot the 08 that, Olympics were... That, that white versus uh, blue game, the scrimmage. Yeah, yeah. That's the first that time they had... The game winner on LeBron. Yeah, that's the first time they had him and LeBron go head-to-head and it was like, this is all game. I think that game was probably the most overlooked game of Kobe's career, just for the simple fact of, I mean, it was a scrimmage game. But it matters. It's like they talk about with the Dream Team. Yeah, when Jordan was like, that's enough, yeah. I got this. Yeah, and they all, you know, they were going at it, but it was the most competitive thing. I mean, just to watch, because like you said earlier, man, like you knew Dwayne Wade's and, you know, not the Paul George at that point, but you had the Mellows, you had the KDs coming up. You know, you had, obviously the Brown was already there, Yeah. but you know, you had all these guys. You had the White was in there. You had all these guys who were young, young Lions, Chris Paul. Right. All these guys we, who we were like, wondering, like, is Kobe going to be able to keep this shit up at this yeah. pace that much longer against these guys? Yeah. And you know, then... <laughs> in the way he hit that game winner and controlled that whole game, I think he hit. Oh yeah. A three to to get down by one, to, a then, crazy three. Then he and went then shut he, down. Then he shut down D. Did the thing and then yeah yeah man you shut down LeBron yeah people forgot how good Kobe was on defense and we'll obviously we'll get back to the 08 the no oh oh the 2010 finals we'll get back to that but yeah we gotta talk about the Olympics that year because I remember that was in China I think that was right before Beijing yeah right before or right right after I first went to China that's when they had that Olympics I remember them getting ready for it you were yeah you were there yeah I didn't get to go Olympics I was getting ready for it in China and they were kind of building up everything and talking about it. And I remember like just watching Kobe be like the defensive stopper. Didn't yeah. do nothing else. He said, you guys, it's your year. It's kind of like what Tiger Woods did to his son at the the father-son tournament or the, when he had his son play with him in the golf tournament about a month ago where yes, everybody's like, that. his son became a star. No, Tiger wanted to show his son, you can do this by yourself. Yeah. I'm not going to do that much. I'm going to let you, you make the shot, okay. And everybody's like, well, he's so, so like, yes, Tiger wanted that to be the case. He wanted his son to be the show stiller, but I'll make this 50-foot putt to show you I'm still here. Don't worry about this. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Kobe did in the Olympics where it was like, these guys are all scoring Carmelo's, Melo, well, Olympic Melo's out and LeBron James and this, this, this. Kobe's like, we go against Spain. I'll shut down this guy. Oh, the game's on the line? Last two minutes of the game, I'll score the next 10 points. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. And it was like one of those things where it's like, yeah, you guys, are st- just remember, mm-hmm. it's still me. <laughs> I'm still the guy right now. Mm-hmm. And I think LeBron has that same thing in him also now where it's like, yeah, you guys, Steph, you, you go do your thing. Yeah, Katie. All right, that's enough of that now. <laughs> I got this. <laughs> I get out the way. And I think 
that's all that that Kobe mentality, that mom mentality came out where it's like, you need to play defense, I'll play defense. Yeah. Cool. You need me to dominate now, I'll dominate on the offense end. And that 08 Olympics was like the biggest masterpiece I've ever seen because he didn't want to score. He didn't try to score. He was okay being the sixth or seventh highest scorer on the team. But what he was going to do was shut down their best offensive player. <laughs> and that's one thing he said he's going to do. And that was, to me, the most amazing thing that showed uh, unselfishness and also a skill set that people forgot that Kobe had mm-hmm. in him. So, yeah, man, that 08 team, 08 redemption team was amazing. Amazing yeah. team to watch. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. but yeah, we'll put in that. Put in that. That's a good thing to bring up. So, let's get back to the hey, real quick, though, Your screen's been frozen this whole time. Really? All the right. whole time. So, I've just been looking at how pretty I am. Yeah. And one thing about that, you know, Celtics, Celtics team, that 08 team was, you know, people forget too, man, like all three of those players in that team, the KG, the Ray Allen, the Paul Pierce, all those guys were in the front. You know, and it doesn't matter if they were in the latter days of their prime, years of their prime or not, their bench still was good enough to where you know, if, if the Lakers had that bench this past year, winning that championship, we just swept everybody. Oh, yeah. That's how good that bench was because people forget that they had Tony Allen. Oh, yeah. Too. And that's who Kobe Bryant named as by far the hardest player that he's ever had, that's ever guarded. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Tony you Allen know, was like, a very good player. <laughs> right. I mean, we didn't even talk about Rajon. Yeah, young Rajon too. That's when he was you know, athletic like, enough to get by you and <laughs> put you in I the mean, put you in the spin factor. <laughs> yeah, man. Like it, it didn't really matter if the Celtics had Doc Rivers that year or not. You know what I'm saying? Like that Celtics team had Doc Rivers or not. You know, the only thing that matters is they didn't have Phil Jackson. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's true. Phil Phil works some magic. Man. Yeah. And I think what put us over the hump that year is because, you know, in that Oh, nine year we had Trevor a reason. Yeah, man, I forgot about and Trevor. We lost Trevor, on. and we picked up Ryan Test. Yeah, you know, Meta. I think that toughness is what we—the reason why we did that. Yeah, Meta gave you that. I'm not backing down. Oh. Whatever you want to say, like yeah. it gave Paul Pierce some some problems, man. Having Meta be like, I'm not afraid of you. <laughs> like, he thought we were cool from drinking Hennessy and going to the bar before we went to the bar. He drank Hennessy and played the NBA game. Yeah, man. Meta was that's, a different beast. That's rough. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah, true, man, true. Yeah, that was definitely, that was by far my favorite. <laughs> the screen stuck on you just smiling. Uh, but that was by far face. my favorite. That was by far my most fulfilled, fulfilled championship year that year. And as a Lakers fan, it sounds like I'm spoiled by saying that, but I guess I am. At least I picked the right team. Well, think about it. We only lived through six of the Lakers. Well, we lived through more, but the ones we remember vividly are the six that we kind of yeah. grew up with. Like, obviously, yeah. that the other teams won, but we remember those six because we were there. We were, we watched them live on TV. So, right. some different. Sure this picture right now. Is it just me frozen? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know what my mic's doing. My 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 screen's doing this, so whatever. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that that's one thing about that. And then after that, you have the next few years of uh, 
of Kobe's life where you got, man, this one, it starts um, 2010, 11, 12, 13. That's the rise of the heat. And uh, the Heatles, they did their thing. It was great, man. They, It was good for the league. I think people think it was bad. I think it was great to have players say, I want to play with each other. I, I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's anything that they did wrong. I think it was more, it's time for us to play with each other. Let's do something different. Yeah. Let's not let them pick us. Let's, we want to play together. We figure out. I mean, somebody had to not only take down the sellers, but put them to fucking bed. Mm. And that was yeah. That year, man, that Lakers getting swept that year was a painful year. I skipped over that because I didn't want to talk about it. That yeah. was painful more because uh, our good friend, Andrew Bynum, started thinking he was a three-point shooter. Oh, my. <laughs> and everybody's like, no, just get to the blocks. There's no one who can guard you in the blocks. What are you doing? But he's like, knocks nah, you threes. I yeah, got he's this. got free throws better than Shaq, though. I get that. Yeah, that's one thing he was good at. But he could shoot threes. <laughs> yeah. And he said at the games, like, I'm going to keep shooting them. Like, no, man, you – you don't keep shooting them. You stop. But then the the Mavericks won. Good job. Jason Kidd got his first only ring. And then you go through LeBron LeBron and D-Wade, those guys. And, man, it, it became special, man. That basketball started to change then where it was teammates. You had to team up with somebody to get something. And then, obviously, everybody remembers um, Dwight Howard year with Kobe. And, uh, obviously, in that year, Kobe tore his Achilles in the last game of the year or second to last game of the year where he basically said, Lakers get on my back, I'm going to carry you to this playoffs. And, I mean, it sucks, but I think a lot of Kobe's memories, people are remembering the last three years of his career. And forgetting that, in year 17, Kobe averaged 26 points and led a team to the playoffs. Same way LeBron in year 17 averaged 20. People forget that Kobe did the same thing in year 17. Yeah, It wasn't like LeBron was the first. Kobe did the same thing. Kobe basically carried a team – in the second half of the year that won, that base had a first place record in the second half of that year yeah. by himself and said, we're going to make the playoffs. Yeah. And he carried them and it broke him down, but he gave his all to that, that game. Yeah. And that, that's something I think people remember. Oh, well, well he came back and he was averaging 20, but he was shooting 30 shots. I was like, well, you go through that man went through, man, tear your Achilles, rip your shoulder out the socket, Break your finger. Do this. Have to get treatment for three hours for the but game. But he played with it, though. Yeah. He played through it and still. The only other guy I've seen pound for pound do that was Allen Iverson. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen any other player play through injury like Kobe Bryant before. Yeah, man. And like, when you got Gary Dean popping your finger back into place. Yeah, and I think it sucks because a lot of people put – a lot of people remember that, and it's like – Man, go look back at two nineteen ninety seven, nineteen ninety eight, Kobe when he was off the bench killing people, or the yeah. ninety nine, two thousand, two thousand one, Kobe where he was eating everybody alive. Yeah. And then from then on, two thousand one to two thousand thirteen, when <laughs> could no one handle him. So he got hurt. It was really that thing where everybody's like, "Oh, well, he got hurt." And then they remember the last three years, thinking he wasn't that good. No. He would he would have broke he would have passed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar he would have did all that in scoring he would have definitely had more points than him because he was on the pace to shatter that by year year eighteen nineteen and then probably had another three more years and I'm probably probably would have just retired last year if he would have never got hurt it was that kind of people forget how great he was yeah people forget that that greatness was something different and he was a different level than most people and yeah I think it sucks man I wish. 
I wish we could, we can't erase those years because they matter, but I wish people would actually look at it and say, what was he going through at that time? And what what was he before that we forgot? And like I, I think that's why the legacy we have to remember is that, basketball legacy-wise. He was somebody that, for better or worse, changed basketball in a way where there's a lot of little Kobe's running around the league today. <laughs> like Today in the NBA, you look at, Probably 95% of the players who between age 22 and 35 will say Kobe's their favorite player. And the guys are openly saying it now. Yeah. So you don't see that <laughs> yeah. generation. Yes. Our old generation, they wouldn't say that. Yeah. So, yeah. Dwayne Wade basically. had to retire before he said Kobe was one that guy. Yeah. Dwayne Wade's like with his son, like, hey, you better go sit there and talk to Kobe and get yes, to out here. <laughs> yeah. Get out here. He's trying to teach you something. Go talk to him. Yeah. Like, so, things like that where you, you realize that <laughs> people miss him. I think there's players today who who would call him and be like, yo, did you see my game? Can you break this down? He would sit there and go through it and be like, boom, and, boom, 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 boom. email players as well. Yeah, and, that, and that's just cool. But, yeah. yeah, I think those last three years suck. But, obviously, we got to get to – before we get to his after basketball career life, let's get to the last game of his career. Oh. Yeah. I was forgot. Yeah. Let's get to that. And then oh. we'll go to after it. Let's go to the last game of his career. Everybody there, the great man Jay-Z and everybody else who could be there, all bought tickets, paid. I tried to get tickets. I was in LA at the time. I was trying to get tickets in nosebleed, but I got a ticket to him, see him play. The game where he gave out the the poem, the Dear Basketball poem, oh, he actually wrote it. That's what, yeah, I was at that game when he actually gave out to everybody in the stadium. So that's why, that's why I gave you a copy of it also, where it's like that whole, that thing was from the game night, where he actually wrote that poem. The first night he said, I'm gonna retire against Dallas. He's like, I'm retired for this year. And that I got that. Oh, that was the Ode to the Fans. Yeah, okay. Okay. that was a poem before. That was when he first wrote the Ode to the Game poem. And that was, okay. man, that that year was special because, like, I saw that game. The first and only game I saw Kobe live. And I remember I was like, please just play tonight. But I knew in front of L.A. Yeah, he, yeah. he was going to play in front of L.A. <laughs> he made, he was going to play beginning of the year. It was early in the year where he wasn't going to skip games. I was like, cool, <laughs> just play. And I think he gave – he scored like 22, 23 that night. It wasn't like the greatest Kobe games, but you could see like he still had an effect on the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you get to the whole year and then you get to that last game where, man, go ahead, man. You, you're the, you're better at uh, telling this story probably in your life of how effective that last game was. I don't know. What do you think about it? I mean, I, I, it was pure Kobe Bryant. You know what I mean? I, it was a, it was pure Kobe Bryant for the simple fact of I think everybody that was there you could see it in the stadium you could see it and the TNT crew you could see it with you know even people talking about it you know on the the media ESPN like they were more nervous than Kobe was you know what I'm saying oh yeah Kobe was like all right this is it wash my hands yeah. <laughs> and he walked out like that. And yeah, he was a little bit giddy. I think he kind of got embarrassed a little bit. He started off pretty like the video pretty tribute, like, uh, he was a little embarrassed. He's that's like, not him. He's like, I just want to bounce the ball right now. Yeah, that's not him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can I just do what I do? You know, I mean, he knew he was going to happen. He knew all of it. But, you know, just watching, I mean, he's, it took him, what, six, seven shots, maybe more than that, eight shots before one went down. I don't remember. Yeah, you, you go that way, but I think it I was... Mean, we thought it was going to be a washout. Yeah, he thought like, all right, you thinking maybe he may score. 
And that was a bad, 30. bad, 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 bad Lakers team. And that was a maybe a playoff team and the Utah Jazz team. Yeah, they had something to play for. They that they win yeah. that game. And we don't the playoffs. playoffs. That's right. Yeah, they win that game, they're in the playoffs. Everybody thinking they took it easy. Like, no, they win yeah. that game, they're in the playoffs. They're not they taking that playing. easy. They were they trying just... to that Toronto Raptors team when that eighty one happened. Yeah. yeah. I'll take eighty one out. Yeah. <laughs> it but, matters. It matters to everybody, you know, man. Like I remember like when the game started, man, like we were, I was kind of sitting there, I was like, don't let everybody see him old right now. Because that's what Jordan said. You're still smiling at me. Like, yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> but but that's what Jordan said. He said, I beat up on guys my whole career. He said, I wasn't gonna stand around, I wasn't gonna stay around long enough for I going to see the same fucking guys beat up on me. You know what I mean? He's too much of a damn legend. So when I seen the first part of that game, I was like, man, I've watched you know, probably more than most people did, you know, besides Lakers fans. Like, I watched a lot of games that season because I knew it was his last year. You know, but I was one of them that literally, like, enjoyed his whole career and didn't just take it for granted. Like, he needs to score 60 this game. I was yeah. never one of those fans. You know what I'm saying? I just enjoyed, like, the footwork and the poetry that was Kobe Bryant. Yeah. He had it all, you know? And seeing him miss that many shots, I knew right away, man, to be honest, that it was only going to do one thing, piss him off. And as soon as he gets one to go down, he's going to save his energy because at the age he is, and this is his last game, for the fourth quarter. And he did. And that last, I think, four and a half, three maybe minutes of that game, he told Shaq he was going to have 50. Shaq said, go ahead and have 50. Kobe said, I'm going to give you six. Yeah. Yeah, man, uh, that is amazing, man. Yeah, because I remember Shaq telling him, go get 50. And Kobe was like, all right. He said, I don't know, man. But Kobe in the back of his mind was like, all right, I'll give you 50 easy. But it was one of those things where when he started heating up, <laughs> you realize that, oh, it's about to be special. Well, I mean, even like Shaq's son, Sharif, I think, you know, games like that, like moments like that, you know, that's what makes young kids – Choose who their hero is. It's moments like that, though, GT. You yeah. know what I mean, it was for me. You yeah. know, like, I think, like, a young Sharif O'Neal, you know, looking at that, like, my dad's here. Like, these guys, you know, Kobe, you tend to like the players that are more like your game. Yeah. You know what I'm course. saying? And I think Sharif knew that, you know, I'm 6'8". You know, I'm not, I'm, I'll be lucky to get 7'1", seven, 7'2", seven, whatever the fuck Shaq was. Who never knew. Mm-hmm. You know, we just knew he was goddamn under the giant. He was bigger than everybody else. Right. You know, <laughs> and I think it was moments like that, like for young boys out there, that's like, man, like, this is the last game of this guy's career. And he's trying harder than a team trying to make the playoffs right now. That's the only reason why we won that game. Yeah, pretty much, man. It, it was. It wasn't D'Angelo Russell. You know what I mean? It wasn't Larry Nance. It yeah. wasn't Jordan Clarkson. It was Kobe Bryant. You know? Yeah, that's true, man. Because all the stars came out again. And that was a horrible, like I said again, that was a horrible, horrible, horrible team. It was a horrible year. Oh, no. It was it was the worst year ever, man. They got the number two pick next year. So right. It'll it, be it was many years to come. Yeah, it was a bad team. But, man, to see around, like, after you made the first few, start getting hot, you know, like, all right, it could be special. Then he got 30. You're like, okay. And then he got 40. You're like, oh, he, he's not giving this ball up anymore. <laughs> like, that's when you, you realize Vince's Kobe, like, you know, it, 
everybody just Jordan give him the ball. Hill, yeah. Nick Young. Yeah, everybody just give him the ball. They're just like, give him the ball, man. We understand yeah. what's happening. We see what he's going to become right now. He's morphing into this, like, I'm just going to do what I got to do. And, like, I mean, you look at, like you said, like, players look at that and say, like, I idolize this guy because of that reason. I want to be like him because of that reason. And you basically say, like, even uh, Devin Booker, he, had, he never had yeah. tattoos. His first tattoo is Kobe Bryant's signature, which Kobe gave him on a shoe day. Like, things like that where you realize that effect and that mentality of, okay, I'm the guy. And when you see uh, some of his, uh, not peers, obviously, guys that looked up to him in the league now having that same kind of, okay, I got to do what I got to do to survive in this game. I got to be the best. I got to yeah. take over everything. And the fact that Devin Booker hadn't left Phoenix when he probably could have left many times, could have begged for a trade, never left Phoenix. And he's now, eventually he's going to reap the rewards. Probably this year is going to be a year where they start scaring people. And it's good. Yeah. He's starting to see like, it may not have been t- today, but. I'm glad he got Chris Paul because Kobe couldn't. Yeah, it's basically like Kobe t- probably told him. Like, yeah. He, they get let one by get them. They got they switched it around. Not an old man's Chris Paul, yeah, but, yeah. but yeah, like that sixty game, sixty point game, and obviously um, the infamous speech at the very end, uh, the quote unquote Mamba out. What can I say, Mamba out? So the Mamba out thing, man, that was quintessential Kobe. Didn't want to say a lot. It's like okay. Uh, thank you for coming. All right. Mamba out. <laughs> That's kind of what you expect of somebody of his stature. Coming. Yeah. yeah exactly. What else you want to say? Like, I'm not going to yeah. sit here and give you a 30 minute speech about oh. life and everything else. Like, no, I'm tired. I'm old. My wife's here. My kids here. I'm going to hang out with them. I'm over this. Mamba yeah. out. Like, so that's one of those things where, and I think that night was, I believe it may not have been true. It may have been a night his, his daughter, who rest in peace herself, probably saw and said, oh, my dad really does did play basketball very well. He really was a good player. Yeah. I want to be like him. And you can look at some of the pictures, I think, when she was young, I think, um, she was young at the the sec, the Boston Championship. She actually was there. And they showed, like, when Kobe was picking up the MVP, her eyes were not on Kobe. Her eyes were on the MVP trophy. Like, mm-hmm. all right. And you can see, like, then, and, yeah. like, what it was going to be for women's basketball. You saw – that that yearning and that woman who was like little girl like oh that's what MVP trophy looks like I want that also yeah. you can see that was going to happen eventually mm-hmm. obviously we won't get a chance to see it but I think because of his um, after basketball we're talking about now uh, because of his after basketball influence on women's sports like WNBA is not going anywhere you got like LeBron James and Carmelo trying to buy the Atlanta team now like all that stuff that he instilled in his love for basketball. And it's pushed to make sure, really to make sure the league was around. So when his daughter got of age, she has some place to play professionally in America. <laughs> That's the coolest thing. It really, it may have been like, yeah, I love basketball, but I'm selfishly doing this at the same time. Like, cause my daughter wants to be here like you guys one day. So I want to make sure I'm gonna put everything into this league. If you want me to be an ambassador, I'll do it. I'll do whatever you want me to do. And it's, that after basketball career, I mean, as short as it actually was, may have been some of the greatest things I've ever seen, even better than his basketball career. Exactly. Yeah. To me, like his basketball career was all time, top five in history, whatever you want to rank him. It could be one, three, whatever it wouldn't rank him. He's in the top 10 easily. But to me, yeah. it's one of the top three basketball careers ever. Yeah. And and like, 
I think his post career in that short five, six year period was better than his playing career. Just because what he did so fast and he was building businesses and investing and giving back to L.A. in a way that everybody, it was a way that I think people in L.A. thought he wasn't giving back, but he always was. But I think now it was he could put his name on it. And I think it became like, I'm putting my name on this. I'm going to go hang out with Snoop. I'm going to hang out with the game. I'm going to go hang out with Nipsey. Go to there. What do you guys need? Oh, Kobe, you have this influence. Similar to Black Lives Matter, which there's people who think like athletes shouldn't be involved, but I think that's stupid. But similar to that, you have somebody who has the ability to get meetings that you can't get. There's meetings that Kobe can get with people in high places that Snoop and Game and all those guys, as rich as they are, can't get into. They can't get those meetings. Mm-hmm. And same thing, like, I think his post-basketball career, writing the winning a, what, a Emmy? Not Emmy, what was it? A Academy. I mean, I in Academy. He was on his way to probably win the Pulitzer. He's on the way to win a lot of awards. But yeah, man, um, so sad. But his post post career was the greatest thing ever. That's the truth, man. Rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. Yeah, man. So, rest so in peace, said, Hank Aaron. Yeah, Hank Aaron, Kobe Bryant. Um, to all we've lost in the past year, especially in sports, we'll stick with that. Um, man, it's it's been a hard year, but. Uh, it's been great. We've got a chance to reminisce on some of the greats and, and eventually we'll do just on our favorite athletes one day. But yeah, man, Kobe had an influence on both of us. Obviously uh, we, we could probably talk about it more and more as we, we could, but I think there's so much we could talk about, but um, if you have a all chance, my kids have, all my kids have Kobe jerseys. Yeah. <laughs> all his kids do have Kobe jerseys. If their kids, if, I, if my, my kids' kids don't have Kobe jerseys, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that, that's one thing you'll see. Like everybody that I know will always have that. I think um, eventually I'm, I'm going to this year read the Mama Mentality book. I'm guaranteeing everybody that I care about will have a copy of that book after I read it because it's going to be something that yep, I want to be. Yeah. Everybody's going to have that in the library that whether my mom, dad, Cousins, sisters, anybody I love is going to have a copy of that book um, because it's something important. I think it's more of that mentality of how do you attack the world? How do you attack day-to-day life? I think it's something important that we all should pass down. Um, this has been the most, probably the best podcast I could think about talking to you about because that's something that I remember when we first talked about it. I was like, man, we should talk about Kobe. It was right after Kobe passed away. I actually brought this up through a podcast with you. So it kind of goes full circle. To me. Hey, let's not forget either, man. We're on the 802 podcast right now, but let's keep our love of Kobe Bryant was something that brought us together in the first place. To be honest, yeah, man, yeah, man. Uh, 802. I remember um, I had even before 802. I Out had the uh, had the blue the blue Kobe jersey Palmer number Street. eight number eight eight jersey. Rest I got that. Palmer Street as well. Yeah, Palmer Street. We lived there, but yeah, that that jersey was one of the things where I remember wearing you like. Hey, you like Kobe? I was like, yeah, man. <laughs> like, yeah, like who, who wouldn't like Kobe? I had the blue one too, so I, I went. It was tough to find that one. That one cost a lot more money. But I was like, I'll invest. <laughs> I thought you, I didn't even know you were a basketball fan. I thought you were a fan of water polo. So I was like, okay, I like basketball. <laughs> okay, now we can talk. Yeah, man. So I enjoy basketball. I I, I realized my basketball gift stopped at a certain age. <laughs> I was better at football and baseball than was at basketball, and I kind of said. I ain't gonna be the Kobe Bryant of this. <laughs> like, I ain't gonna be the next one. <laughs> like, but yeah, I, I think. You can be the Hank Aaron, though. I can be the Hank Aaron. But yeah, so all that was, I'm like, um, it was great. I think um, 
there will be probably a lot of things coming out in the next few days about Kobe. Um, this podcast we will be posting on the 26th. So anybody's going to listen, obviously, right now, Mom, you're hearing it. You'll be a chance to listen. Mama. Mama Scalf, you get a chance to listen also. 26, get ready. <laughs> so, yeah, anything you want to say to close out, man? Hey, rest in peace to all the fallen soldiers this year, man. It's been a crazy year, but you know what? There's still a lot of greats out there, too. And the craziest thing is everybody that we mentioned tonight, you know, none of those people living or dead would want anybody to not be successful as well. So surround yourself by successful people, and that's what you get. Kobe Bryant knew that. Hank Aaron knew that. The problem with Hank Aaron was Hank Aaron never got a, a true chance to surround himself by successful people because he, at that time in America, he was a black man. Let's not forget how much of a pioneer Hank Aaron was at the time to where black men didn't have a chance to be pioneers. Kobe yes, Bryant sir. did, and he got to do it under the lights. So, Yes, sir. So as we say, 802 Productions presents the Unabashed Truth Podcast. We always speak the truth. Like we said, there are so many things happening in the world. Thank you for listening. Uh, as we get more and more stuff, we'll get more topics coming. But thanks a lot. Uh, we'll be back next Tuesday. Peace. Thanks. Go beat!